So I get the privilege today of being the first person to preach a sermon after after our vision statement for the year. So, <laughs> so I stole the vision statement. <laughs> Rest, acceleration and rejoicing. And uh, when we rest in the Lord, we get to relax. So I ask you to rest in the Lord today. Relax and let the word of God flow through you. That you can be lifted up. I noticed that every time I have a sermon, that there's so much of the stuff that comes out dovetails in with what's been on for the morning and I was thinking of resting in the Lord and we we sing this song come live in me all my life take over well he'll live in us if we live in him but if we don't want to live in him then he won't live in us so it's a twofold thing in Matthew chapter 11 Verses 28 and 29. I'm going to go through a few different scriptures today, but Matthew 11, verses 28 and 29. It says, Come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. What a wonderful passage of scripture. And we heard in sharing time how frustration can build when we try and go it alone and how we can end up getting ourselves in trouble. Have you ever felt guilt or shame? Or maybe helplessness and confusion. I think we've all felt it at different times in our lives. Life in this world is a struggle. We see it all around us. People take drugs, people commit suicide, senseless greed and violence, etc., etc. And it is human nature to want something more. Inside we know we need something more. We think of religion and they say it's the panacea of the masses. But those who don't want to seek God for whatever reason, they make their own religion. They'll find another religion and that can be anything from watching movies and movie stars to football on television. There's all sorts of religions out there. They all claim that they're going to fill the hole. But I would say they won't. That's right. We need something more and this world can't supply it. The laws in this world make us guilty. The judgments make us ashamed. Speculation makes us fearful. Oh, what if I get caught? And then fear stifles hope. And the downward spiral begins. Drugs can't cure it. Violence can't change it. 
other gods will not stop it. They won't. The only answer is Jesus. Jesus has given us the promise we just read out. Come unto me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That rest, he is special. He will relieve us. He has taken our sins. The law is no longer makes us guilty. Judgment is averted, so we don't have to worry about it. No longer do we have to fear the shame of exposure, because there is no shame. The burdens that plague our minds are removed, and we can rest in the peace of forgiveness and love. Just remember, in in Acts chapter 2, verses 25 and 26, David spoke concerning Jesus. I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, my tongue was glad, and also my flesh shall rest in hope. Rest. Why? Because Jesus is just here with him. And he's just here today. Right with every single one of you who want him to be there. As you rest in him, he will be with you. Who amongst you can say they were at their happiest before they knew Jesus? (laughs) No no one? (laughs) So you don't look for a better way until you know the old way is not making it, do you? And this is the thing. Many of us have had times in our life where we didn't have Jesus. We grew up thinking we got this. And the pressure built, the burden built, all those things built. And then finally one day it's like, I just can't do it. Where can I look? If you've heard of the Lord Jesus, that's a really good spot to start looking. And that helps us. And now we are where we are. So if you know Jesus, you can have faith, knowing that his promise is to give you rest. Rest from the worry and concern. Lay all your cares upon him. Rest in his love and peace and be rejuvenated. Rejuvenated. Knowing you are forgiven gives so much peace. Knowing you don't have to work to achieve that forgiveness gives us rest. And the work we do now is not for ourselves and we no longer work alone. So knowing we've got Jesus gives us that peace. And knowing we are forgiven can give us rest. Not working to try and hide anything anymore. We're not working to stay under the radar so we don't get caught out. We no longer have to do that work. We can now rest in Christ. And remember, we are not of this world. We are of that world. And we don't have to do that hard yakka anymore. So we come to the next part of the vision, which was acceleration. Now, 
I haven't got a Bible that uses the word acceleration because I don't think there was... I mean, I know they say Moses roared across the desert in his triumph, but there's no... There is no description of how he accelerated. I just find that it's a... The word quickening's in the Bible, though. And it's, in the, it's mainly uh, in the uh, Old King James. Has the word quickening. So how do we accelerate when we rest in Jesus? Have you ever worked alone trying to get something done with no instructions? Have you ever done that? We all, yeah, all else fails to check the instructions, but we've all done it. We've all just dropped out this big bag full of nuts and bolts and thought, we'll get this. We've got this covered. Worrying at each step if it's the right way or if you've left out some important bits. It takes such a long time to even get it finished. And even when it is finished, you're not certain you've got it exactly how it's supposed to be. Man, it's hard yakker on your own. Now, have you ever worked with someone else who has not only given you a set of instructions, but is also a professional? And they're going to be right there with you all the way. How much quicker do you think it is? It's not twice as quick with the instructions and a helper who knows what he's doing. It's probably... Ten times as quick. And it's right. So I see acceleration and quickening in Christ comes with the helper. We don't get that acceleration unless we have the helper. And I was reading, as I was studying this, I got to Psalms 119. Now, you think Psalms is a weird one, but in Psalms, the writer asks numerous times for the Lord to quicken him. It's in the Old King James. Now, I've got the New King James here, but I've got the Old King James on my iPad. 119, verse 25. <clears throat> it says... My soul clings to the dust. Quicken me according to your word. According to thy word. In in number 37. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and quicken me in your way. Verse 40. Behold, I long for your precepts. Quicken me in your righteousness. Verse 50, this is my comfort in my affliction for your word has quickened me. Quicken me, in in 88, quicken me according to your loving kindness so that I may keep the testimony of your mouth. Verse 93, I will never forget your precepts for with them thou hast quickened me. 149, O Lord, quicken me according to your judgments. So many different ways the psalm is calling out to be quickened. Now Jesus is here, we can get that. 
We can receive that. We don't have to call out for it. We can receive it. It's not a wistful thinking idea. It is now available. According to his word. Quicken me in his way. In his righteousness. Comfort me in my affliction. According to his loving kindness. According to his precepts and his judgments. So many different ways that it's described the Lord to quicken us. And that quickening is an acceleration. It has to be an acceleration. In John 6. 63 it says it is the spirit that quickens the flesh uh, quickens the flesh profits nothing the words I speak to you they are spirit they are life it is the spirit that quickens 1 Corinthians 15:45 says so it is written the first Adam became a living soul the second Adam became what a quickening spirit. Who's the second Adam? Jesus. A quickening spirit. An accelerating spirit. If he's in you, you are being quickened. You are accelerating. The psalmist was calling to God for a helper. He wanted to accelerate. John tells us that the spirit that quickens. In Corinthians it says that Jesus is that quickening spirit. Modern translations often refer to quickening as, or quicken, in mine it's got all the Psalms, it all says revive. Um, Or quickening as life-giving. But quicken, revive, accelerate, or life-giving. To me... All those words bring the thoughts of increasing activity. If you give life something, you give it life, you animate it. It starts to move. It starts to do stuff. If you revive it, it comes back to life from the dead or wherever it was. It's all about increased activity. The Holy Spirit fills us as we rest in Jesus. But he also works within us so that we can be productive. We can actually get up and do something. When we were dead in the world, did we ever do anything good? Now we are alive in Christ, we are doing heaps of stuff. You know, fabricating a lie and maintaining it is extremely hard work. It is. If you're self-righteous and you think you've got this Christianity worked out to where you can go it alone, you'll find it hard work to convince others that it's better than where they, what they already have. You'll slave away and get no rest. The easiest thing you can ever do is tell the truth. Tell the truth. 
And today I'm telling you the truth. From, from what I'm reading in the Bible, I'm telling you the truth. And when you are resting in Jesus Christ, the Spirit will guide you to tell the truth. He will back that truth up with conviction. He will quicken the words of truth so they are fruitful and multiply. You will find yourself working less and achieving much, much more. Now I have no doubt that the Holy Spirit is here today listening. And somebody who is listening today will get something. A touch of God. This is true acceleration. When you think of the great crusades and how many people have come forward to give their hearts to the Lord, you can say, oh wow, that preacher's got charisma or he gave such a good message. But in truth, he's just been resting in the Lord. Do you think when Billy Graham got up there in his crusades and preached the message of God, it was any better than any hundreds of other preachers? He had the Holy Spirit moving around that hall, around that crowd, and that Holy Spirit was carrying the words of his message out there, touching hearts, convicting people to come forward. I've preached quite a few sermons now. I haven't seen crowds coming forward to give their hearts to the Lord. I'm sorry to say, yeah. Stuart's preached many in here. I don't see him rushing forward for Stuart either. But this doesn't mean we're preaching wrong or that the charismatic evangelist is more special. No, I bet that charismatic evangelist started off in a humble way. It may have taken 20 or even 50 sermons before the first convert came forward. What we see now is a person who is resting in the Lord with enough faith to know the Spirit will carry his words of truth to the ears and hearts of people who hear his message. That same Spirit convicts them of their sins and convinces them that Jesus is the way. And that's the truth. I preach to you, but if I didn't have a message from God, you wouldn't hear a darn word of it, and you'd ignore it all. But if the Holy Spirit's here, and I'm repeating what's written in the Bible, and I'm repeating God's word and following God's precepts, you can feel it, you can hear it, you can understand it. So how would I display the kind of acceleration that Billy Graham did, or whatever? Well, I'm not on the evangelical stage at the moment and then that's, that's not going to happen there. But we all re- need to remember that God has given us many different roles that can work our strengths with our strengths to achieve his will. Every time I do a sermon, I get a bit more confidence and that's true. It's a bit easier to put it together. It's a bit more inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here to carry the truth to your hearts and uplift and establish you. If even a few people who hear this message feel stronger and rest more faith in Jesus, then acceleration is being achieved. If you gain a deeper understanding of the need to work with the Spirit, then I can rejoice with God. Nothing's impossible. We can't all be evangelists. That's why there is a multifold ministry. And just as, an, as, a, um, as a thought, imagine... You walk down the street, 
There's a beautiful sign out there saying restaurant. There's a well-dressed gentleman out the front and he's inviting you to come in. Come on into our restaurant. Look how beautiful it looks. The evangelist that's standing out front. You walk through that door. You get into that restaurant. Now, if there's no waiter there, that's a problem. What happens is there's no cook. That's a bigger problem. No plates, no tables, no food. This is what I'm talking about. We can't all be evangelists. People who come through that door need to find waiters. They need to find cooks. They need to find people who are putting out clean plates. They need to find a table. They need to be encouraged to sit down and rest in Christ. Now, we're not a restaurant. We're a church. But it's just as important for anyone who comes through that door to find someone who can feed them the word of God, someone who can comfort them, someone who can look after them, tend to them. A very, very important part of being a church is being complete Everyone here today and anyone else who listens to this message, I say to you, and Stuart's already said this, God has a plan for you and it's a plan for good. Rest in Jesus. Let his Holy Spirit guide you to begin, continue or complete that plan. Now, we're all at different levels. We all do different things. Some of us have begun. Some of us hasn't. Some of us are halfway through and just need that help to complete. Resting in Jesus and letting the acceleration that comes with the Holy Spirit. And it accelerates every single part of our life. It accelerates our rest. It accelerates our understanding. It accelerates our ministry. It accelerates our life. We can find our lost classes or get the lost keys. It's even brought Helen back so she can hear my message live today. <laughs> Let's rejoice. <laughs> oh, no. In Philippians... Chapter 1, verses 18. And previous, it's talking about the gospel being preached and some of them preach it out of um, spite to inflict more pain and others preach it out of, out of love for, for Paul and, 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 and Christ. But it says, What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice. Yes, and rejoice. That's the third part of our, my message today. Rejoice. Christ is preached. Let us rejoice. It's just going out on the airways all over the world and... Maybe someone will listen to it in two years' time 
just as an audio file. And they can rejoice because Christ is preached. Happiness is a state of mind, they say. Well, I'm going to partially disagree that. Happiness is a spiritual state also. It's a spiritual state. We set the mood. Did you know that? If we come into church expecting nothing, wanting nothing, and thinking we need nothing, we'll get nothing. If we come into church through that door happy, smiley, ready to give, waiting to receive, we are going to get what we expect. We set the mood. I've counselled Hannah to play Christian music and, and loving things in her household when, when things are going wrong, to calm the mood, to change the mood. If we walk around our house grumbling all the time, then the house will be a grumbly house. If we walk around God's house grumbling all the time, then God won't be in it. Because he doesn't want to hear grumbling. So if we come into God's house ready, smiling, ready to rejoice and rejoicing, then that's what we'll get. We'll get the love of God. We'll get the spirit of joy and happiness. We Set the mood. People who don't know Jesus may say they're happy, but I'll bet you you'll struggle to find even one of them who don't want a bit more of something. John 16, verses 20 to 22. Sixteen twenty to 22. Most assuredly I say to you that you will weep and lament but the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful but your sorrow will be turned to joy. This is talking to the disciples. This is Jesus talking. A woman when she is in labour has sorrow because her hour has come but as soon as she is given birth to the child she no longer remembers the anguish. For joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again. Your heart will rejoice. Your joy no one will take from you. Your heart will rejoice. Your joy no man will take from you. And these are the words of Jesus. And that was prior to his going up. To the cross. Did they see him again? Yes. yes. So that has been fulfilled. That has been fulfilled. He, they have seen him again. And guess what? Their joy was complete. And no man can take that. No man at all. If you know Jesus, these words are for you. And if you don't know him yet, these words are for you also. Your heart will rejoice. Your joy no man can take from you. Happiness is knowing when you die, your troubles are over. Take note of the word knowing. Knowing. It doesn't make any difference to say it's no life after death. You can say it all you like. But knowing that there is and knowing that your final destination will be forever is a true reason to rejoice. Resting in Jesus and working with the Holy Spirit is a reason to rejoice. And rejoicing will in turn draw you closer to Jesus and deeper into his rest 
so that the Spirit can accelerate your works, so you rejoice more, etc., etc., etc. It's self-perpetuating. The more joy and happiness that you get from resting in Christ, the more the Spirit accelerates you. The more joy and happiness you get, it just self-perpetuating. Snowballs. And that's our challenge in most cases. Are we spending enough time resting in Jesus that we feel that snowball? Or are we only going to Jesus occasionally when we feel a bit down? Oh, I just need a top-up. And you know, we need top-ups. Okay? So I don't, I don't care how anyone puts it. If you've got a glass full of water and you pour a bit out onto a few people, unless you go back and top that up, that glass will eventually run dry. How do you top that glass up? You go and rest in Christ and Christ fills it back up with the Spirit and he promises to fill it up, pack it down and even to overflowing. That's his promise. That way you can share. But if you share around and suddenly find you've got your glass empty, I think, and I'm guilty of it too many times, waiting till my glass hasn't got very much in it to share before I go back and get a top up. So your challenge today is to rest in Jesus and keep your glass full. With a full glass, you've got plenty to share. With a half glass, you've got not much. And with a quarter of a glass, you've barely got enough for yourself. Rest in Jesus. Let him pour that acceleration in. Let the Spirit come and top up your glass. Rejoice and celebrate. Cheer. Everybody performs a toast at all sorts of different things. If that toast is for a little bit, how are you going to share that around? But if it's full, we can all celebrate an abundance. And that's what this is all about too. If we don't rest in Christ, we don't receive that quickening or that acceleration. If we don't rejoice, we will not have an abundance. We have an abundance. We have an abundance of hope, of faith, of love and joy. And I just want to see that increase. Not just in this church, but across the rest of the world. To all you people who are out there, wherever you are listening, an abundance of joy can come from resting in Christ Jesus. And the world's going backwards. It's going backwards very fast. And if people who walk past hear misery and wailing and crying in this church or hear nothing... Do you think they want to come in that door? But if people who walk past hear a party of happiness and joy and praise and fellowship and worship and the Spirit's not just here in this building because we are overflowing, it's pouring out there under the Spirit and someone walks past and gets touched. And they can go, Waddle City Church, I might just go in there. And check it out.
The whole idea of resting, accelerating and rejoicing is self-perpetuating. The more you do it, the more it happens and the stronger it gets. Coming to Christ and receiving forgiveness removes the burdens of your heart and the mind and the will and it will give you rest. Read that a little wrong. Removes the burdens of your heart and mind and will give you rest. You're no longer carrying concern. Oh, that lie I told last week. Will anyone find me out? Oh, I hope I remember it because I don't want to tell it to someone different and then they talk behind me back. As you rest in Christ and study his word, as you pray and meditate and seek knowledge, you will hear messages like this one and many others and they will all quicken your understanding of what it is and what you have received in Christ and lead you to rejoicing. It's self-perpetuating. Never stop rejoicing. Every time you come to church, bring a smile. Right? It's not that bad. We're not that scary. I mean, some of us might have a few whiskers and stray hairs, but we're not that scary. (laughs) Joy. Joy, joy, joy. Rest in the Lord. Quicken your understanding and celebrate. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we can rest in you, that we can feel the the spirit flowing through us and filling our glasses and quickening us and that we can sing praises and we can rejoice in you and know that your love is just flowing all around us, that you are there before my face, before our faces, day in, day out, at our right hands. No one can steal the joy and the peace that you have given us. So, Lord, we thank you today. We thank you for your words of encouragement. And we pray your blessing goes out with them, not just to this church or this town, but to the whole world in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks for listening to this podcast by Wattle City Church. If you Google Wattle City Church, you'll find us on Anchor, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, and a whole bunch of other platforms. Feel free to listen. We pray that you'll be encouraged by this message and by other messages that you listen to. We praise God and we pray blessings upon you. In Jesus' name, amen.